When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presents by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbold, back from Haymarket yesterday. That was a party, man. Good to be out at the old ballpark. Good baseball, wonderful evening. And loaded up today to talk some Nebraska football and uh, get into, uh, well, some scheduling thoughts here. As DraftKings out with their predictions, we'll get to the win-loss total for Nebraska some Green Bay thoughts from a avid Packer fan and also a national college football voice, Bill Bender, with us in about 20 minutes. We'll get thoughts on Bryson and Brooks and uh, Phil Omai from Shuey coming up this half hour. And then uh, sit down with Brandon Kenny, uh, stand out wide out for Nebraska. Spend time uh, on uh, some of those Polini teams. Uh, his years were great. Nebraska went to the conference championship game against Texas and against Oklahoma. And his final year was that first year into the Big Ten. So we'll get some perspective on this wide receiver room from BK, and we'll wind it down with a jock doc. Can get involved now at 466-377-646-377-76-800-825-5865. ESPN tweeted out, uh, you have a multiple choice problem to answer, and I retweeted it. It's pretty good. Who wins a ring when we're talking a little NBA Jam plus one? That style, that format, and you had some some really good squads involved with uh, you know a three on three tournament. Of course, you have the Jordan Bulls with Pippen and Rodman. You have the Nets this year uh, with Harden. Uh, Kyrie and KD. You have the Warriors with Clay, Steph, and KD. And then you have the Heat with Bosch, LeBron, and, uh, and, and Wade. Now, being a child of the 80s and 90s, we'll get into this with Bill Bender. I mean, you, you can't tell me that Chicago with Jordan doesn't get it done as great as that Golden State team was. There's, other, some, there's also some other teams that you could form you know, the big three, uh, the Celtics of the 80s with the Chief, uh, of course, Bird and McHale. You got the Showtime Lakers with Kareem, Magic, and uh, and Worthy. And I, I don't know who's the third wheel here, but you got the, the Shaq, Kobe Lakers that were incredible as well. See, my, my question when I look at that, that Bulls team is, is it truly a big three? Would you consider Rodman, a, I mean, he was a, a superstar because he was famous off the court, but was, was he? No, he was, he was a superstar because he was the best defensive player in the NBA. 
and he rebounded like yeah. a machine. Yeah, Draymond Green rebounds like a machine is the, one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Would you put him in a big three with Steph and Clay before Durant came? No. See, this, this, is, this is where, where my hang-up is. No, you need, you need the dirty work guy, totally, and that's, that's why I lean Bulls, because Pippen can defend, Jordan can defend, and Rodman can defend, and again, I'm showing my age, but if, if we're going to not have it free pass to the rim basketball where there is some physicality involved, and that's, that's the generational difference, mm-hmm. is you talk to guys like Barkley and Jordan and Pippen, Guys wouldn't survive now, back then. Now, could back then adjust to now? And the other side of it is, okay, if it's hand-check time, I mean, Jordan's at the free throw line 75 times a game. He just is. So, we'll chew on that with Bill Bender, get his thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers saga and some big red football thoughts. Uh, Will Bolt, let's start with Will, though, as uh, Nebraska baseball set for, for Michigan this weekend. Uh, they are geared up to, to keep playing great baseball. The hay is in the barn for the Big Red, but they want to go out the right way. They want to go out the right way for the fans, and it's going to be electric at, at Haymarket you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for, for noon games. But you want to go into the postseason with momentum. Will Bolt was asked about the postseason specifically, Hey, are, are you are you ticked off? And I'm paraphrasing the question that you're probably not going to be able to host. You have a problem with going somewhere, and and Will Bolt's already locked in. He's he's thinking about today's practice and then getting ready for Michigan on Friday and then Michigan Saturday. He is very detail oriented and he's not skipping steps here. All right, think of the worst story slash long division math problem you ever had to face. Well, that's that's the process and the checklist Will Bolt goes down. It's moment to moment to moment to moment. But here's Will Bolt's response from earlier today on, you know, getting slided. Do you feel slighted about no chance to host this postseason? There's nothing we can do about it now. Um, we've rebounded and played great baseball down the stretch to the tune of, of, of being conference champs. So um, whatever they want to give us from this, this point forward, bring it on. I mean, that's how that's what we said before the year started. Um, if we sit around and want to feel sorry for ourselves about things, then we're not going to go very far. So um, bring it on. Let's go. Whatever, whatever they give us, we're going we're gonna to be ready to go. The can-do attitude. And, and guess what? I mean, Nebraska used the you're not top six good to their advantage. Uh, there was a, a chip on their shoulder, kind of a prove-it mentality. It worked well. They're really good. They're talented. They handled their business. They rebounded well from a from a hiccup weekend. And it's it's not their fault entirely that one bad weekend probably cost them a chance to host. What do you do about it now? Well, you go take two or three at a minimum, so you keep playing hot baseball. <laughs> Uh, as you either get sent to Lubbock or Fayetteville or or wherever you go, but now is not the time to start belly aching because you haven't belly ached all season. You just kept your known your nose to the grindstone and done your thing. So I, I love his response, and it's perfect Will Bolt response. And the thing is, is your your mindset, your mentality does not change no matter what your seating is, no matter if you're hosting, whether you're not hosting. You go to your regional and you beat every single team in the regional. That's what you got to do. Mm. It doesn't matter what your seat is. 
No matter, I mean, Arkansas is going to have to go to the regional and beat everybody too. It doesn't matter how good you are. That's what you got to do. That's just, it's a very simple mission once you get to the postseason. That's beat every team in front of you. So uh, th- this team's got the, the, the gritty over pretty mentality, which I like against that. Is it's, it doesn't matter what our seed is. It doesn't matter if we got to go to Texas. It doesn't matter if people are coming here. It does not matter. We just got to go beat the teams that are in front of us. Uh, if there's any team right now in Nebraska, I think, has that mindset. It's this Husker baseball team. I would love a trip to Austin. I think that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Now, Lubbock's maybe a little bit more doable. I, I don't know. But uh, Nebraska's playing great baseball. Uh, when it comes to uh, making it happen, Nebraska football on our mind, on our radar, under 100 days till kickoff. We'll dive into a couple of Big Ten teams. That Are they going to rise up or are they going to fall back? Uh, a couple of teams out of the West we'll discuss in a moment. But DraftKings is out with their win total. They're over-under. They uh, highlight Nebraska's 3-5 and five mark in Big Ten play. You've got the, uh, the, the matchup that's challenging in Norman. You have the opener that's really challenging against Illinois just because of who it's against. And a team that's had your number from a physicality standpoint, and then uh, you're at Michigan State right after. And listen, you should beat Michigan State, you should beat Illinois, but this team's still got to go do it. And I think they're totally capable uh, of doing that. But the the win total is at six. Bill Moose has talked about eight or nine. We have kind of highlighted in past shows how it can get to eight. But, But six is the number, and... I can, you know, what, what it is for me, Elijah, is, is what, what does six look like? What does seven look like? What does eight look like? Is Nebraska a team that, that still has problems handling their business? I'm not saying against the great teams, right? You're still trying to, as is most of college football, close the gap on Ohio State, close the gap on Oklahoma, but where are you at from a from a handle your business week to week, right? We just heard from Will Bolt, bring it on. Great. They've they've shown the ability to compartmentalize and be in the moment and win that day, regroup, go do it again. Nebraska football has had some nice wins, not enough of them, and they've had some head scratching losses. Is Nebraska going to be a team in 2021 that is able to turn that proverbial corner and stack some wins, right? Do you start out 1 and 0? Do you start out let's let's zoom out a minute 3 and 0. And then if things don't go well in Norman, do you rebound and do you get it handled? <laughs> do you get it handled uh on on the road the following week against Michigan State? Nebraska has the the ability, the, the the coaching staff, the talent to beat a lot of teams on their schedule. They have a chance and and should be in it with the Northwesterns. They should be in it with the with with the Iowas. But I think there's a reality where you, you can't overlook anybody, and and I think that's happened where either there's been some overconfidence or you just get flat out beat by a Illinois or a Purdue or a Minnesota, right? I mean, some of these teams that you're probably better than, but it's going to be a dogfight to get out alive. So can Nebraska in 2021 to get to six or beyond, 
uh, handle some some games against some teams that either they're coin flip or, all right, you should be on paper, you're better. Talent-wise, you're better. Can you make it happen that Saturday afternoon or evening? Yeah, and what this past couple of years has taught me is that the difference between five and seven and eight and four isn't always that much. It's, n- it's so thin, man. I mean, like, you can have four plays throughout the season that can affect four entirely different game outcomes and give you four whole, four more losses on your schedule. Four plays. I mean, it, it can be as simple as that. Is a, a lapse of, of concentration for 30 seconds once a game throughout the entire season. It, it can change your whole season entirely. That's what the difference is. And while that hurdle seems small to, to be able to get that that concentration, that, that step up, that, the consistency that you need, it's been a big hurdle for the Husker football team, and that's it. Really, seems like it's the last hurdle that they got to jump over. Well, you nailed it. It's 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 one moment in time where you cover the kickoff return. It's one moment in time where you make a block on a third down play. It's one moment in time where there's not a holding penalty or a false start, right? And it's one moment in time where uh, you're. You're set up to, to, to make the pass and catch in the end zone in the red zone. You can go circle probably 50 plays in 20 losses this tenure and say, man, it, what, what happens? I mean, sorry to go like DeLorean revisionist history here, but what if the Flea Flicker's incomplete in Boulder in 2019? <laughs> right? All of a sudden you're like, oh, damn, this thing's close now. Uh, or or you you don't throw that interception as the game's tied against Illinois, or Crickshank doesn't take one back against you to retake the lead after you just tied it against Wisconsin, or you, you, know, or, or, or you get a couple of stops, so it's either a longer field, it, it's a longer field goal each time in Lincoln or Iowa City. You don't let Iowa run the same play three straight times on your home field in their last possession. Like it's just it's the tiny little things that just. They they just irk you as a Husker and, and they're fan. sick of hearing about it, and they'll do their damnedest to make sure it's better. So from a rise and fall standpoint, it's too easy to just kind of write off Northwestern because they lose Hankowitz, their coordinator. They're reloading it. They're trying to figure out who's at quarterback. They lose a lot of their defense. They lose some first round NFL talent, and and Pat Fitzgerald has never gone back to back years. With a win to with a win percentage of sixty five percent or greater, okay. And now there's been some years where he's he's built up, but and I don't think he's stacked a, a couple of ten win seasons. He's had it rolling. He, they've been very very good. But the national article here with twenty four seven sports, they they have Northwestern circled as one of those teams that's going to fall. And three of their seven wins last year as they went 7-2, and two, and they played Ohio State well. They just didn't have enough juice. Three of the seven wins were by one possession or less. And, and some years, when you look at Northwestern's 3-9 and nine season, it totally went the other way on them. They had a great defense and no offense. So uh, Northwestern's pegged to take a step or two back. I'll believe it when I see it. They always kind of find a way. Wisconsin's kind of circled to to rebound because of what they have coming back. Uh, their receiving core was really dinged last year. They've got a run game they can lean on. They've got a quarterback that's coming back. The thing about Wisconsin is their schedule. Penn State and Michigan 
come to Madtown. Northwestern and Iowa come to Madtown. This is how Wisconsin opens the season. Uh, Penn State comes to town. They get Eastern Michigan. Notre Dame is is in Madtown, and then it's Michigan at Wisconsin. Uh, and th- their their first road trip of the year <laughs> is at Illinois. Which which think if they start out unbeaten and then they go, is it going to be kind of a a, a death trap at Illinois? Last time they went to Champaign didn't go so well for them. Right, they were on the run for bigger and greater things they still got a new year's day six but people are still wondering how the hell that happened with lovey's team coming back in the turnovers is how but that's been that was a problem for wisconsin last year so i i could see there's a lot of tough games for wisconsin but most of them are in camp randall and they end it with iowa with nebraska in Camp Randall, then they got to go to Minnesota. Yeah, and it comes down to the quarterback, Graham Mertz. Does he have a sophomore slump, or does he rebound and improve upon a good season last year? Bill Bender's next sporting news. It's Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some football and world of sports with Bill Bender. Sporting news at Bill Bender 92. Bill, what's going on? How is your Wednesday? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for It's good to run you down, and we, we got a lot to get into, but I want to jump into the, the NBA and uh, the social media pick one uh, who's chasing a ring, right? And we're talking uh, some dream team uh, opportunity here with uh, the, uh, the three-on-three setup where you, you got an A, B, C, and D, and ESPN tweeted this out, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, uh, Clay Thompson, Curry, and Durant, they went 16-1. and one. Uh, You got Wade, James, and Bosch with the old Heat, taking my talents to South Beach. Or you have the, the Nets this year with Harden, Kyrie, or Durant. Uh, are you uh, veering away from the Jordan dominance? Because I'm not. I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, man. I mean, where's Magic Worthy and Kareem? And, you know, where's... Bird Magic and, or Bird McHale and Parrish. I mean, you could probably win with those guys, too. So I, I think uh, out of that group that they showed you, yeah, I'd probably pick Jordan, Pippen, Rodman. Now, when the Warriors added Durant and that group of three was healthy, it did make the finals not fun with LeBron <laughs> on the other side. Sure. So they're the only one of the kind of the modern group that I would entertain because they just thoroughly dominated the finals for two straight years and probably would have won another one if Durant didn't get hurt. Very fair. Now, are you uh, on the Spurs wagon when you get uh, Duncan, Ginobili, and, and Parker? I mean, yeah, they were they were good, too. And, I mean, the NBA, this is how it works. It thrives on dynasties. And I don't know who you would consider the third wheel. Um and as it Schroeder, with Caruso, is it one of those guys? That's pretty good if they find a way to weave through the seventh seed here and, and go on to win the NBA Finals. But And obviously Durant, Harden, Kyrie, that's pretty explosive too with New Jersey. So, And as you know, the games have changed. The, the eras have changed. The way it's watched has changed. The argument, the argument has changed. I mean, we, we bicker about it all day on social media. So... I, but again, I, I'd probably take that MJ Pippen Rodman trio, and you know, they, they didn't lose in the finals. It comes down to that. Well, uh, how many games? Let me flip this around. How many games would Longley Kerr and Kukoc win? 
I probably not as many, but I mean, it's it's more about that's that Phil Jackson system, though. I mean, uh, what about okay? Where well, are we are we going to throw Kobe, Shaq, and Derek Fisher in there? I mean, Derek Fisher would probably do a third wheel there. If not, Ori. I mean, you get a good shot, but the Jackson system from the six Bulls championships to the and I, I would I've said kind of. A lot, a lot of the time. I mean, the next most dominant team in my lifetime mm-hmm. was probably the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. And I think the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq would probably beat the Showtime Lakers, who are my favorite team of all time. But it's just because at that point in their careers, Kobe was coming on as a borderline Jordan-type player. And uh, Shaq, of course, was unstoppable with the Lakers. So, I mean, they're, they're probably the next best team that would have been tough to beat. You know, and, and we can go big shot Bob in there, too, uh, with because um, he was on some of those Laker teams, wasn't he? Yeah, and they had some of the same, kind of the same. I mean, Rodman played on those teams. Rick Fox played on those teams. They, uh, they had shooters. They had all the pieces that Phil Jackson has that made it work. So, I mean, again, they, and they did beat the Spurs. The mm-hmm. Spurs, I think, this stat holds true. I, know, I don't want to throw myself out there. And I'm pretty sure the Spurs never beat the Lakers in years when they won the finals. So, in other words, they didn't have to go through the Lakers. Right. And that's not always their fault. But when the Shaq Lakers and Kobe Lakers matched up with the Spurs, I was always taking the Lakers in those series. Well, it, and it worked out for, for Shaq and Kobe. Bill Bender's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. So i got to ask you, how are you coping post-Kenny Mayne, Aaron Rodgers interview? I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I think they're either going to resolve this before the season starts or they're going to trade him. And that's reality. I'm always going to be a Packers fan. Obviously, there's some level of disappointment if they, if they can't work it out. But if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for the Packers and doesn't want to play for those guys, and it, then that that is what it is. It sounds like the feud is directly with the GM and the president. And as I've heard on the radio from several other people and read often, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers wins this battle and the GM is fired, it's going to set a dangerous precedent for the rest of the NFL. That's why I don't think it's going to happen. It's, it's always the player that moves in these situations because this isn't the NBA. I mean, you know what I mean? Sure. No, I get you. So, so you're not thinking that come week one it's going to be Jordan Love starting quarterback for the Packers? Is, is that what you're saying here? I mean, it's. I think it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be either Rodgers is traded here sometime this summer, probably to Denver. That's just the place that makes the most sense to me because – John Elway's gone down this road before with Peyton Manning and created a Super Bowl contender um, in a hurry. And if so, then either Jordan Love or Blake Bortles will start for the Packers. It'd probably be Love. You've got to throw him out there at that point. Or, and this is kind of the scenario I thought's going to happen all along, just if you look at the financial implications of a trade now versus next year. I think... They're going to mend the fence to the point where Aaron Rodgers plays one more year in Green Bay. And if you look, they signed everybody. They, they kept everybody they could. They couldn't really sign anybody else. But um, I think they go for one more year, and it's fitting that we're talking about it because I think it'll be a last dance of sorts, and then they'll give Rodgers a wish and trade him. Bill Bender's with us, Sporting News, Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, uh, 
some thoughts here on on the match coming up June six. You've got uh, Tom Brady and Phil and and Bryson and Aaron Rodgers, and there's already been some sniping on Twitter uh, with uh, with Brady towards Rodgers laying up, of course, because he won't go for it. And then you've got uh, Kepka off the top rope uh, tweeting, <laughs> "Hey, I'm so sorry, Rogers." <laughs> Tweeted, to, to, "Sorry, you got to spend the day with Bryson." <laughs> let's just yeah, get, let's just get Bryson. A lot of mean material, hasn't it? Oh, completely. And last year, yeah, last year at this time we were scrounging for that event, and now it's just another good sporting event. I've seen that meme a hundred times, like everybody else this week. Um, be entertaining and again it's like the longer that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers haven't come to some sort of public resolution in a very public feud um, then yeah I'll probably draw a few more eyeballs and be interesting to see what Brady and Rodgers say back and forth I mean in my book they are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL two of the top I mean Brady's the best and then you got to put Rodgers there in the top five or six so you're dealing with two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and, and two really good golfers, and it should be a lot of fun. Let's get into the uh, – All of those guys have a ton of personality. That's what's going to make it great. It will, and uh, the, uh, the the game is good on the course, but the uh, the little shots will be uh, will be pretty good for, for TV, uh, that quiet confidence, especially with how Phil and, and Tom can, can talk it. And, I mean, Bryson's – Either you, you love him or you, or you don't, but you're wowed by his game. I want to get into the uh, the preseason sporting news, top 25. That came out uh, this week, Bill. And you've got uh, Bama and Clemson in the top spot, Ohio State right there. And uh, well represented, uh, the Big Ten. Indiana checks in at 15, and you can find the full list, sportingnews.com. Iowa's there, uh, as well as Wisconsin out of the West. And uh, Penn State rounds it out in the top 25. You know, who could challenge Ohio State this year? The expectation is the Ohio State Buckeyes just reload. They're fantastic. I get that. But are you are you buying Indiana stock up? They had a great ball game a year ago with him. I know it kind of depends on Pinnock's and, and his injury rehab. But Tom Allen's done a wonderful job. I, I really like watching Indiana football. Uh, so is, is Ohio State just bulletproof again, or do you think there could be some pushing out of the out of the East at least this year? You know they're, they're going to be tough, but I, Ohio State's just by far and large the most talented team. So I started talent accumulated, and you know they, they. I think I sent this stat the other day. Somebody tweeted me that they're always overrated. And I, Said some of the effects of eighty-two and nine since two thousand fifteen is not overrated. You know what I mean? They they win and they dominate the Big Ten. I think Indiana's an interesting team. Make it interesting. Not maybe not against the Buckeyes, but I think they'll probably be the preseason favorite by a lot of publications. And then that leaves teams like Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan that have taken turns getting beat by the Buckeyes as that lead contender and. You know, we're looking for something new. So, Indiana and Bloomington, it could be interesting. Obviously, the quarterback's got to be healthy. But and to answer your question, that was a long-winded way of saying, no, I don't think anybody's going to beat the Buckeyes in 2021. Where's your, your gauge on Nebraska right now? you got uh, a lot of super seniors back. you got Adrian that's a little bit of a different Adrian but needs to be seen on the field. Uh, just can the offense make the jump? You know, what – 
What are your thoughts on on Nebraska and any thought as to where they may come in in the sporting news? Others receiving votes are they are they way out of there or are they kind of in the conversation of the next ten to fifteen that, that maybe could receive some votes? What's your look on the Big Red? Yeah, I mean they'll be in that neighborhood. I'd say win a couple more in the season. It's kind of like Michigan. Michigan's off the radar now because of the struggles they've had. And if they, but if they win a few in September, I mean programs like that, you need to reheat and throw up there in the top twenty-five. So we'll be watching them. I mean Martinez, obviously, very interesting career. We'll get plus going, and um, you know their, their schedule's tough again, and. Some of the recruiting classes they've had have been decent, but you know, other than these minor blitz, they have these flashes where you're like, okay, they're playing in a corner, and then it gets disrupted by an inopportune loss. And I think that'll be the key is showing they can compete and beat, you know, Purdue and Minnesota and those teams before they get in those larger discussions. Last thought here: Bill Bender's with us, Sporting News, Hale Varsity Radio at Bill Bender ninety two. What do you think uh, Bielema does in year one at Illinois? I don't know much about year one, but I know if they can hold on to him and he can gain some traction on the recruiting trail, the guy does know how to coach offensive line. He knows how to install a power running attack. did all right at Wisconsin with that. did all right at Arkansas for a while. He just wasn't, to me, fit matters sometimes. And, and fit in the SEC, he wasn't there. And he will be highly entertaining, as a quote, when we do Big Ten Media Days here in a couple months. And and I think in the long haul, he can help that Illinois program kind of get off the mat. So the Big Ten West got more interesting with them. I mean, all we cared about with Lovey Smith was his beard. Mm-hmm. I think they'll compete, but it probably won't be this year. Bill, good to get caught up. We'll do this again. We'll talk some more ball as uh, we get closer to, to Indy and beyond. Thanks for the time. Hey, no problem, Chris. Thanks for having me on. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He is dodging chip shots. Uh, probably my putts and some some unfriendly fire off the tee. It's rolling at Wilderness. We say hi to Mike Shuart. Shuey, what's the good word? You got your uh, got your football helmet on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. It's officially golf season. We got outings going. We got play going. I got my divot dog starting next week. We got fittings. It's uh, it's officially summer. That's a good thing, though. It is, man, and you know what? I, I can't wait to, to get out. I know I need to, to carbon copy today's temperatures for the weekend because there's no baseball Amen. for us, but it's going to be a little chilly, but it'll still be golf weather because, you know what, there, there's time to do so. And, uh, Shuey, let's spend a second before we dive into Phil and Brooks and and uh, and the Hulk, right? Uh, I want to hear about them divot <laughs> dogs because – you guys are all about teaching uh, the right way, uh, competitive, but also the, the fundamentals. But you guys win, and that's really awesome for kids, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole package that we like to to preach. And the nice thing is, it's like if you do it this way, you conduct yourself this way, you know, it gives you the chance to win. And we're super fortunate that we've been very successful, so it, it helps us kind of, you know, 
validate our message, mm-hmm. you know, and what we stand for, you know, and kids buy into it. So it's fun. I mean, we have a great time with our kids. We have a great group of kids. And, and uh, you know, the winning is just kind of a bonus on top of that. But if you do it the right way, man, you always have a good chance to win. Tell me about what, what you've seen the game of golf do for some young, young kids when it comes to dealing with adversity. Uh, it's one of the greatest games I think I've ever seen. If not the one that will teach you adversity because golf is golf is a game that is designed to make you fail. If you think about it. So it's like, if you play golf, is it easier to make a birdie or a bogey (laughs) or double or worse? I'm I'm good at doubles, babe. (laughs) (laughs) So it's actually a game that is, it's always testing you or it's always challenging you and it's always trying to make you fail. You know, so it's like it, it teaches you how to persevere, you know, and, and how to keep at a task to want to succeed. You know, what is succeeding? You know, it all depends on your skill level, you know, but bogeys for some people are really good. Pars are really good. Birdies are good. So it's just one of those games that it's always it's always testing you. You know, it's always trying to break you down, but it's always, you know, you, it, you're always challenged to see if you can overcome that, overcome that. And you're doing it all the time. So, that, I mean, that's the fascinating part and the beautiful part about the game. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf, Hale Varsity Radio. Our usual usual spot with Shuey is he's got uh, a, a busy day, uh, 100 patrons, and then, uh, of course, uh, fitting and divot dogs. And uh, check out wildernessridge.com for more info on membership. Uh, the uh, Aquatic Center is going to be Nails. Of course, yeah. the Golf Academy, the the facility, the clubhouse, uh, the, the the steaks and, and the bourbon or vodka for me on on the deck. <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful. Shuey, I got to ask you about uh, Phil and what Phil accomplished. And I know you were working. I know you were busy, but I'm sure you had you had, you had time to get glued a little bit here to the PGA Championship. Uh, what wowed you most uh, about the weekend? Just his play. I mean, I was. Very impressed that he was able to maintain that for four days. Mm. You know, he's still an unbelievable player, obviously. You know, but the older we get, the harder it is to sustain that. You know, and for him to sustain that for four days and do what he did uh, was very impressive. I mean, that is, that's a really, really, really hard golf course. That's probably one of the hardest golf courses I've ever played. You know, probably the toughest event that I played in was that on that golf course. It's just relentless. And, uh, you know, it kind of, it, it kind of suited Phil because you're going to have to get it up and down. And he mm-hmm. has such a great short game and he did that, but he also hit a lot of really good shots and, you know, he has a lot of experience that helped carry him through. I mean, it was, it was really fun to see. I mean, and the oldest player ever to win a major, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. That's awesome. Well, we talk about Kiowa Island. I mean, you have the wind, you have the the the, the water, and I don't know. Uh, it looks like some of the some of the fairway was painted in because it looks <laughs> so narrow, Shuey. I mean, exactly. Is, is that the most difficult course, or is it top three? It is, no question. Especially when the wind gets blowing, which it's right on the ocean, so it's always blowing. So it's like. It's just it, it's a demanding golf course all the way around, and it, there's just no room on it. You know, you have to hit it relatively under control because you'll hit it in the water or hit it in the gunch in a heartbeat. So it's like 
super difficult, super intimidating is really what it is on the tee. You know, and even a lot of your second shots, it's just super intimidating golf course that you slip up one little slip and you're you're paying the price. Shuey, how'd you do? I played when we played. It was very there was a hurricane coming in. Mm. So in the tournament, so they started us earlier to try to get ahead of the hurricane, beat the hurricane that was coming in. Well, they missed their forecast, and so we were kind of right in the middle of it. So it was forty-five mile an hour wind. Oh, yeah, on that course. That, oh my god, on that course. So you know, I don't. I at that time I don't hit it short. You know, and that little par three, the Island Green yeah. seventeen. I had a bus three wood to it. Oh, <laughs> and it's either, and I was just hoping to get it somewhere on land because, uh, I mean, it's just brutal. So, man, my put shoot. it this way: it was our national club pro championship. So a lot of good players in that. Two guys broke eighty. Jeez, seventy-seven and a seventy-nine. Everybody else shot in the eighties. I shot eighty-five and felt pretty good. You should with 45 mile per hour wins. Mike Shue are with us. We're talking PGA Championship. So, last thought here, Shuey, uh, Team Kepka or, or Team uh, Bryson here with the golf uh, video leaked, the frustration by Kepka. What did you think of that go leaked by the Golf Channel or uh, the the interview with the Golf Channel? Anyway, steel cage match all the way. Do it. Get them in there. They got to. That would be awesome. Put so it on pay-per-view, that you, would be worth watching. Who are you cheering for? Or, I mean, I know you're, you can cheer against both, but someone's got to win, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's going to be kind of like Psycho Ninja Master against the Hulk. <laughs> so it's, it's Oklahoma, Texas, and you want both to lose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just want to see them beat each other to pulp, so I'd be happy <laughs> with any outcome then. Well... <laughs> is Brooks making too big a deal about and I know he was annoyed by by Bryson's comments about how well he putted and acting like nothing was bothering him, you know, after Friday's round and Brooks is like, dude, it was impossible to putt and then his train of thought. And then walking through his shot, was that an accident or intentional? I think that was Bryson. Bryson is in his own world, man. He just walked what he does. He walked right behind him, not knowing that he was doing that. And obviously Kepka took offense to it. So, which he should, but I think that was Bryson being Bryson. Bryson, he's on his own planet, man. <laughs> he had no idea that there was an interview going on or cared. Yeah. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey will get caught up next week. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the fitting on Friday. And, of course, uh, them divot dogs. We want to hear more about them next week. Thanks for the time, bud. We'll do it. Thanks a lot. Get out and play some golf. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. You know, I think Shuey's got it down when it comes to to Brooks v. Bryson and their Twitter war going on, especially the the condolences to Aaron Rodgers today on social media about being paired up with Bryson the entire day for the match coming up June sixth. Steel Cage is how you got to go about it. I mean, let's be honest. It'd make good money. Throw that on pay per view. I mean, I, I'd I'd pay a premium for that. I'd pay I'd pay Mayweather Pacquiao prices for that. Here's the thing, though. Brooks is a lot like many of us, a little doughy, and Bryson would just 
go Andre the Giant on him, wouldn't he? Well, it, the, the question is, is do you want to go like mixed martial arts cage where Bryson could do some wrestling? I, no, or I, just, I, go, I, just go straight boxing. No, I want no. You get three clubs. You get to bring three golf clubs into the to the the steel cage with you. Jesus, it's gonna kill someone. <laughs> no, I mean you got you got headgear. All right, some give him give him some catcher's gear or something, and just let him let him sword fight with a putter, a driver, and uh, a hybrid or a wedge. Well, did, have you seen? What's your weapon of choice? Have you seen Bryson's club head speed? Like, no, like, I know I, <laughs> that that's that's what gets me here. Right, but of course, I mean, is he going to do the Happy Gilmore tee shot swing to to run up and start clubbing? See, this just sounds like like I'm going to watch a death on live TV. This is not what I want to see. Oh, it, 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 it's a steel. That's what Shuey's <laughs> all about: the celebrity death match, steel cage. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. Yeah, I'd take a nice boxing match. I'd, I'd, I'd do some pay-per-view for no, that. No, let them use their club. If Showtime wants to wants to set up Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau, like I'll pay for that. Well, I'll get the popcorn. Like I, that, that, I, that'd be that'd be great. I, I, it'd be all right, and I, I don't want any uh, any any testing done beforehand. Hmm. I really? just I, I don't care how they come in, fat, drunk, and stupid, or whatever. Just <laughs> go at it for, for for five rounds. Put it on the undercard of Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Maybe that works. Maybe that works. Let's get you an update here with your friends at West Blue Realty. Time is now to sell that house. Prices are incredible. West Blue Realty can get it done for you. They take care of specializing in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. They'll make that next move a smooth one for you. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity. West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Two names to know, two names to trust. Tom Luby, Kelly Hoffsnyder. Give Tom a call today at 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hoffsnyder. Kelly can take care of it for you at 402-202-2020. 312, it pays to work with West Blue. Log on. Find out more about West Blue Realty, westbluerealty.com, and get an appointment. Go visit Tom Luby, Kelly Hoffsnyder today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Anxious to dive in on the Nebraska wide receiver room. It uh, takes one to no one, right? And you've got a really good wide out for Nebraska in Brandon Kenny. And uh, he uh, was uh, part of a couple of trips to the Big 12 championship game and year one of the Big 10. So we'll get his perspective on just what he's seen, like a lot of us, but through a different set of eyes, a, a wideouts eyes, a big body wideouts eyes. Brendan Getty coming up here next hour. His take on the receiver room on Adrian and uh, where Nebraska can go next season. What's that offense going to look like? What can the receiving core do? Brandon Kenny, next hour two. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it. It's hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And anxious to get uh, some Husker talk going. And 
the wide receiver room is a particular interest to many Nebraska fans. Let's bring in a standout for Nebraska. Uh, played wide out, good size receiver. Brandon Kenny back with us at BKinney84 on Twitter's where you find him. Brandon, what's up, man? How you been? Hey, Chris, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, man. I've been good. I tell everyone I usually see is that I got a pulse, man, so I cannot complain about anything at all. No, I. Uh, there's no complaints <laughs> on our end, just that the football season, I know we, uh, spring ball just wrapped up, but uh, yeah. let's, let's get mm-hmm. football season uh, ready to rock. And I wanted to get your, pers- your, your perspective on some things, uh, Brandon, and you know you're a you're a bigger body wide out uh, 6'3", 225, and we're we're a big time target. And you had the uh, the the ability to transition Big Twelve to Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Nebraska's kind of gone to work with their body types with with who's in that receiver room now. And if you can, let's start off and just speak to well the advantage it gave you not only separating but but just kind of gaining that trust from a quarterback because of the the the, the catch radius. Absolutely. So I, I think for me, I, I was lucky um, because I got to play in the Big 12 and Big 10, obviously. But it was one of those things where I felt that in the Big 12, those cornerbacks would be big, bigger guys usually most of the time. I remember the Oklahoma games in Colorado dealing with Jaleel Brown. Um, and um, I cannot remember the other guy that was he's played for the Ravens, I believe. But I can't tell him. Jimmy Smith, I believe sure, it is. Yeah. Um, um, but th- dealing with bigger guys like that. So it was tough and it was a challenge because, I mean, even though I'm 225, this guy's 6'2", 6'3", 210, right? That's a lot that I've really got to make sure that my uh, my mechanics and everything are right within, within those game plans. So once I got to the Big Ten, the biggest thing that I noticed was that those, were, those cornerbacks are a little smaller on that end more so. Uh, so it was a little bit different. It was a great adjustment because I, ha- I got to play against different types of receive. I mean, I'm sorry, cornerbacks, with obviously dealing with the Alfonso Denard and Prince of Mucamara every day in practice too. Uh, but I think the biggest thing um, that I gained uh, when I was doing the, my time with Zach Lee or the Taylor Martinez was just doing the stuff extra, staying after, running at, the, running at the top of right, doing the small things to catch as many balls as I could from Taylor, from Zach, just so you can get that repetition, just so you can kind of see what that zing of the ball is and you can get used to it. There's really no substitute for chemistry, correct? Yes, absolutely. I agree. I, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that it, it, it shows how much you care um, when, you, when you're doing that back-end stuff. I mean, I even look at it now when I'm preaching and coaching the kids. I always look back on mine, and I give them examples of, small things that I know that I could have worked on harder, but I didn't, right? And I just feel like it's times that I left a lot there because I could have did a lot more reps. I could have did some extra uh, more stuff. So I think it speaks volumes as, as far how, how how good you want to be as a core, but also having that chemistry with the quarterback. Talking with Brandon Kinney here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, I look at a guy like Samari Toure, and – He's been playing at Montana State, and now he comes to Nebraska and is going up against a guy in like Cam Taylor Britt and other guys in the secondary. Just mm-hmm. how important is it to be going up against those high-level guys day in, day out in practice? I think it's great because it, it, you're getting those looks every day in practice. Like, and, and I didn't mean this in a disrespectful way when people would ask me this, but they would say, well, who was the best DBs that you ever faced? And I'm like, ah, I mean, we faced some good DBs, but – I played against Alfonso Denard and Principal Cabrera every single day. So, like, it's like I, 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 it was a challenge every day. I had to really come 
uh, with my hard hat on, ready to work, ready to grind. I'm ready to, ready to really, really work my craft to get better. And going against guys like that, I mean, you come to the game, it's like, okay, I'm good. So that competition level is really, really good because it builds camaraderie, A, but it also builds that, like, we're together. We're doing this together, and we're one of the best crews. Like, we want to walk and talk like that. Did Fonzie just mug you? <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's he he's not the tallest dude, but man, he just he just he just murdered folks, and he did it yeah. really at a high level for New England, of course. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I, I, how'd you even physical. get how'd you how'd you get off of him? It was times and where it was tough. It was times where it was really, really, really tough. Um, but it was times that I got the best of him. You know what I'm saying? And just being a bigger cat and being physical. Um, but Alfonso, to be as small as he was, man, he brought he brought some power, man. Tell me what you think of the receiver room. I know you watched the spring game, and, and that's not a great window because yeah. of just how, yeah, not really. how yeah. uh, vanilla ice cream it was. But Toure's mm-hmm. a guy that can work outside, but, man, he can be nice in the slot. You saw mm-hmm. uh, a slant route with him. Oliver Martin's been at a couple of big-time yeah. schools, yeah. and He's athletic as all get out. And then yeah. uh, also your takeaway on Omar, who, who needs to get on the field and stay on the field. Yes. You, you see the talent yes. there. Yes. No, I love it. And I love seeing it. And like you said, like I didn't get a, you know, I was super, super excited about the spring game because I wanted to see a little bit of air. Um, but it was still okay, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm a huge fan um, of Omar Manning. Obviously, I'm a little biased being a Juco guy mm-hmm. um, and being a big body guy coming in. But it's like I heard so many stories about him about the spectacular catches that he would make in practice and the Odell Beckham-like catches that he would make. It was just kind of, like you said, getting on the field, staying on the field if it's playbook or whatever it may be. Now, he had a big drop in the spring game Mm -hmm. where I felt that, you know, that big post route, like those are ones you have to grab, you have to make those big plays. But, man, I'm I'm just a huge fan of him, man, because I think he's a big physical guy, runs good routes. Um, And he complements everything that we're trying to implement, especially with those big tight ends and those targets. So I think once we can get that rolling, making some big plays and getting that consistent and that's the swagger about these guys, you can really see something special start to form there. What, what you know, as you look at what is on the field, you look at the offensive line, you look at the quarterback, I know they're still trying to, to settle in at running back and there's time to mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've, they've done a, you know, a, a makeover at wide receiver, body type-wise. What, yep. what do you envision the offense doing? And, and kind of the last glimpse was – the Rutgers game where, man, it was a mess turnover-wise, but they did whatever mm-hmm. they wanted, uh, throwing the ball or running the football. So what what can the offense be in your eyes here in 2021? I think just with adding those bigger guys, right, you add better blocking, uh, more physical blocking, maybe more of that imposing your will type of thing. But when you got guys that are big, but not only big, but fast, strong, physical, agile – then you're adding another level to it because now you got some things that can go across the middle, and these guys can really move in those 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 aspects. So I think I think this can open up a lot uh, for the run game too. Because I mean, even the time that I was there with guys like me, Niles, Mike McNeil, mentally Holt, like we took pride in blocking, right? We took pride in it. Like we 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 would make fun of the uh, of of us in the sense of calling ourselves glorified linemen, but we took pride in it, right? We had fun doing it. We used to go back on film and watch the pancakes and. And we love that because, for me, that's what I want to do. The beginning of the game, I want to impose my will. I want, to, I want to try to come off the line as hard as I can and really beat a DB up and let them know, like, this is going to be a long game. But not only am I going to beat you up in the blocking game, I'm going I'm to I'm stir you back and forth, right? So I'm going to go right receiver game. I'm going to go block, and now I'm going to mix it up. So 
I think when you add all of those tools together, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of potential for a breakout year on that whole offensive side. You're talking about being imposing as a wide receiver, and that's kind of the, the, the trait I remember of the receivers back whenever you were playing in Nebraska. So who really instilled that within the wide receiver room? Was, was that a player-led thing or was that a coach-led thing? That was an absolute coach-led thing, and that was, that was Ted Gilmore um, at the time. I mean, we took, we took pride in that, and when he came to recruit me um, at um, Fort Scott Community College, it was funny because uh, one game after, I think it was my bowl game, and I had a huge game. I had to, we played Blinn um, down in Corpus, Texas, I believe. We played there uh, for a bowl game, and um, I had a huge game. So I'm calling him after the game, like, Coach, I did this. I had three touchdowns, blah, 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 blah. And he said, okay, well, who, did you have any pancakes? Like, did you have any big blocks? And I'm like, ah, well, I can't really remember those. So it was absolutely <laughs> Ted Gilmore instilling that in us. But then being competitive guys, we took on that, that mass and that attitude of saying, like, okay, like, if it's pancakes, what are we going to do? And we're going to spring the Roy Haylews and the Rex Burkhead for huge games. Like, let's be that because we can still get, right, we can still get TV time for that. We can still get some love for some good blocks. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely, Coach Gilmore. Brandon, you talked a little today about your, your JUCO days. And, I mean, uh, when we're talking about Omar Manning, I mean, my, my experience with JUCO is, is watching Last Chance mm-hmm. U. So can, can I just ask you, what is that jump like going from a, a JUCO yeah. to Nebraska? Um, it, can be, it can be overwhelming, right? Because the first thing you try to do is you compare your playbook to um, your old playbook to Nebraska's playbook, right? So you try to – you try to take the easy route to start because you, you're just worried about getting on the field. I want to play. And that's what I was doing. I was comparing plays. Okay, this play is called this, and this is different. But while I'm coming from a one-play one, one call type of thing to a whole West Coast offense, you can't do that. And once I got there, I think they saw that I, start, I was doing that, and they told me immediately, like, like, BK, that won't work. Can't do that. So once I really sat down and got in the playbook, started to understand it, started to really get through in the fire, it was kind of a thing that I just had to work my confidence up into it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's always great if you can graduate early. Um, I was a guy that came over in the summer. Uh, but I feel like if I would have graduated earlier, too, I would have had, a, obviously, a big head start on it. Uh, but, yeah, it, it could be a, whole, a huge leap because I had my dauber down for a while um, before I finally got a chance in that Iowa State game that we lost 7-9. to nine, But I had a few catches to kind of gain some momentum um, in what I was doing there few minutes here brandon getty with us talking nebraska football 2021 of course bk standout wide out for nebraska uh 09 through uh, 2011 and uh, follow him on twitter at bkitty 84 is where you can find him so you just touched on that transition and brandon what was the grind like to to get through juco and then get the payoff with with the nebraska out there and then and then two of your other really close buddies and teammates, Levante and Yoshi as well, all mm-hmm. ending up at the same mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was it – was the, 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 the grind of it is real um, because it, it's, it's something that I wasn't expecting because I didn't know what it looked like. Um, I, I felt disappointed in myself because I didn't go Division One right out of high school. Um, but in hindsight – it was, it was absolutely the, 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 the perfect situation for me for me to learn because I needed to learn expectations. I needed to learn how to work hard and figure things out. So to go to a, a place like Fort Scott, right, and have to go through the, the gutter of things, like it made me really, really appreciate um, Nebraska and appreciate what I had there because it's so funny. I always tell this story. 
uh, when I went to Nebraska, and you know, after you come out of the the weight room and you got the landing area, and I don't know if they've switched that up. I think they built something different within that. I'm not for sure. But when I was there, you come out the weight room in the landing area where you had the the dispensers of like the Gatorade and the different color things that whatever that you wanted. So I just remember going up there and trying to get some Gatorade, but they had water and then they had cold water. And I was like, oh, I made it, dude. I got a different type of water I could get. <laughs> so it made me really, really, really appreciate what I had. Like, dude, I didn't have any options of any of this stuff. So um, it was very, very, it was a fun time. And it made me really look like, look at like, dude, I really, I really accomplished something like being in a big 12 championship, my first year in Nebraska in a Dallas new stadium, like, my neck hurts so bad because I just looked up at the drama trying the whole game. It like hurt so bad after the game because my, my neck was just in that position. Uh, so it really, really made me appreciate those things. And then to have my friends with me, right, like, like to have guys that I really grinded with that learned, I learned how to be a better man and grow up with was awesome. And I, didn't, I, I, I knew it was going to be a long shot, but I, I just told myself, like, I got to try. I absolutely have to try. And it was so funny because I remember when Levante went on his visit to – um, USF, uh, and his girlfriend at the time was, was, was going there. So they were calling me and like, BK, what is he doing? What's happening? I'm like, I, don't, I can't get a hold of him. I don't know either. I'm like, but he said he's coming, so he's fine. So after his de- the days he went down there, he turned his phone back on and he called me. He's like, BK, man, I just wanted a free trip with my girlfriend. He was like, I'm coming to Nebraska. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, we're good. We're good. We're good. So, uh, so it was good. It was good. I am, I am so thankful uh, to the Lord for this, my opportunities and, and the things that I got to see uh, when coming to Nebraska because, I mean, I've literally created, like, long-life long friends with all of these guys. And just to be around something that was so um, camaraderie-built and such an awesome tradition, man, I'm forever grateful for that. So was it Eckler blowing your phone up? I mean, how was this working? Yeah, it was all of us. It was Eckler, it was Bo, it was Carl. I'm like, he said he's coming. I mean, Yoshi had graduated early at that time too, so he was so mad. He was like, I swear, if he if he if he played me and ditched me, we we made a pat. I'm like, Yoshi, relax, bro. Like he said, he's coming. He's coming. So it was funny. It was a fun time. What's man. that? What's that phone call like from Carl? Oh, no, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it was. It's so funny when, because you know, my first visit that I came here, it was me, Jason Pierre Paul, and Jaquan Williams. They both went in, obviously got drafted. Jaquan got drafted, I believe, the seventh round, and then Jason Pierre Paul, obviously. Um, so, but but once we, we we took our visit and we came back home, and I had made my decision, but Jaquan and Jason were like, you know, we're going to USF. So when I was signing my letter of intent, Carl was there um, at Fort Scott, and then Jason came by and he was like, hey, coach, I just you know. Just want to let you know that, you know, I'm not coming, but I just appreciate everything. And then uh, Carl was like, okay, well, you just made the biggest mistake of your life. And I was like, oh, God. And I'm like, oh, man, really? This is JPP. <laughs> it, 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 it was too late for me because my, my name was already signed. I'm like, what? What happened? <laughs> That's so good. Uh, yeah, man. You know, so awesome. So awesome. Borderline Hall of Famer uh, and, yeah. and guy that's Legit, got no. rings, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's oh, pretty good. It's Brandon Kenny. A few minutes uh, more with Brandon Kenny. Get his take on Adrian Martinez. How are things going to shake out for Adrian? A big year for Adrian. Think he can be big time. And we'll spend some more time. Great chat here with the former Husker wideout. Doing great things in the community as well when it comes to his faith. And, and of course, uh, training uh, youth 
uh, in the uh, Nebraska area. So more with Brandon Ketty and uh, another pick three to talk about this uh, with headsets. It's Hale Varsity on a Wednesday. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Brandon Kenny back with us at bkenny 84 on Twitter is where you find him. Brandon, last thought, we'll uh, get you out of here, but what's what's your take on Adrian, man? Uh, Adrian's started his own podcast, and he sounds like he's really comfortable. He, he's had the hype, and he's had the pressure, and I mean, you can understand the, the, the pressures, but I don't think any of us get what it's like to be a quarterback in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, and, I think, and I think that's one thing that we – if you want to say took for granted with Taylor, I mean, because it was some things that I used to think like, man, Taylor, what are you doing? But it's like, imagine being an 18, 19-year-old kid, a quarterback for Nebraska, right, from California, and you're here and everybody's talking about you. Like, yeah, certain stuff, you you don't know how to answer, right? You're just figuring it out. You just want to get out of it. So um, I definitely understand trying to navigate through that. So it's super, it's hard, and I have a lot of grace for that, but – I just think he's overdue for a great year um, to go from the, you know, Heisman freshman year, oh, my goodness, to kind of like, ah, what's wrong with him? Is he hurt? What's this? What's that? I just think he's overdue. So I think I think this is an awesome year. It's going to be an awesome year for him. I feel like he's put the work in. He looked good from what I saw at the spring game from the little small things and and running, so I hope it's I hope it's a great one for him. I really, really do. Brandon Kitty with a standout Husker at uh, B Kitty eighty four. Brandon, what are you doing, man? I know you said you're preaching. I know you said you're you're training. So give folks uh, a heads up with where they can hear you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have just started my own training business. So um, it's called Alliance Sports Training. Um, if you want to go to register your athlete, anything like that, please go to the website alliancesportstraining.com. But uh, we just want to give opportunity to all kids, all kids in whatever situation, at affordable price to really get in here and work not only their skills but um, build their faith and their character development first. Um, so that's the mission. Um, that's what I'm after. Um, uh, we're getting ready to start Alliance Youth Nights um, June 7th at Emmanuel Fellowship Church where we will be um, doing, like, Bible studies and we'll be eating and then we'll have options to play some games and sports and arts and crafts and things like that. So, man, just just kingdom building, man, and just using my light, man, that God has given me um, to just change generations, man, to really, really change generations and implement um, what this life is all about, man. Brandon, good stuff. We'll do this again. We'll uh, love hearing from you, and thanks for taking time. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much, man. Be blessed. Brandon Caddy, good stuff on Adrian, the whiteouts, and really doing a, a phenomenal job of, of outreach uh, with uh, his faith and, and, of course, uh, what he's doing with the, the youth training. Uh, that's uh, Alliance Sports Training. So check that out if you feel like it. So we've already had one pick three out there with ESPN, and they want you to pick uh, the, a big three and who would win the ring. Uh, we talked about that in hour one. Uh, Bold, Jordan and the Bulls, Pippen, Rodman. Uh, I take that over any of the 2000s teams. I take that over Golden State. Uh, and that's just my age talking, but I think they are, are the way to go. Jay Billis tweeting out your, your ultimate uh, college basketball announcement uh, team. You've got Marv, 
Onions Raftery and Clark Kellogg, really good. You've got Team 2, Nance Vitale, Grant Hill. Team 3 is Billis and Jeezy. <laughs> Team 4, Bill Walton, Charles Barkley, Snoop Dogg. So if I'm putting my dream team together, I'm going Kugler, Raftery, and I am figuring out a way to, to drop in either Walton or Barkley. But of this choice that I have from Jay Billis, I'm going with Barkley, Walton, and Snoop. I mean, I know it won't be as polished, but hell yes, it will be entertaining. So here are some of Bill Walton's greatest hits. You either love Bill or you tolerate Bill, but this is pretty good. Uh, just a, a taste of what you'll get. I Not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high. I love my noodles. It doesn't get any better than this. I just got laid. I mean, I'll just skip down right here. Bill is taking his shirt off. Is not wearing deodorant? Taking his shirt off. It's Morofuku's Andu's birthday. Morofuku Andu. He's the inventor of the instant noodle. And thank you. Flash! Don't doubt it whether you actually drove the Temecula. No, I went dirt. to Temecula and brought you some dirt. Oh, like don't, you, don't. You do it like this, you get it, oh, you sort of oh. rub it on, you get it, and then you just sort of, okay, now I'm ready to go. It's National Popcorn Day, please. Party on. It's a wonderful day. It's Oregon. The sun was out. Come on. little help from the Grateful Dead, Casey Jones there. But that was your face, Elijah, when, when he was talking about Maui. Uh, he was getting a massage outdoors in Maui. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, the, the, the what- it, it sounded graphic of nature, <laughs> in nature. But no, he's just getting a massage. He had his face down and they had a camera pointing up to his face and someone's just going to town uh, on his back. Who's had, you know, He's had more surgeries on his back than Tiger with, with his elbow. And just go home, Maui. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Bill Walton moment that always gets me is whenever he's got that the cupcake with the candle. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he's like just he eats the candle while it's lit. It's like he's Tuco putting a cigarette on, on, out on his tongue. Oh man, Bill Walton, Bill Walton, I love. But but I think you're you're discounting Jay Billis a little bit. Oh, here. Billis is awesome. He's he's phenomenal. But I mean, uh, Jay Billis is one of my favorite follows on Twitter. He, he's wonderful, and, and Raftery's. He's legend. Onions! He's just good, and he's entertaining, and he's your crazy uncle-slash-grandfather, and he knows the game. But Walton, Dave Pash is is special to be able to put up with that, but going through some of those clips, some of the footage is is incredible because Walton's just out there doing his thing. And I mean, he brought some 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 special herb <laughs> to rub all over Pash, dude. My dream interview is to get Bill Walton someday. Oh, that'd be incredible. That'd be incredible. I will keep emailing him, and he'll keep ignoring. <laughs> I feel like we'd have to get Mike Babcock in though to get some like no more Babs, inf- some, no. some informed Grateful Dead questions. I'm not I'm not enough of a, of a deadhead. No, I could I could navigate through. I just would want Babbers to sit in because Babbers is awesome. I think Babbers would have a fun time kicking it with with Bill Walton. And I I don't care about talking about sports. I just want to talk about 
whatever with Bill. I mean, I'd love his, his take on Hoiberg and, and hoops. Now, I had a chance to, I think I interviewed, and I have it on CD, that's how old it is, but I interviewed uh, Bill, um, John Wooden three mm-hmm. times, and that was great, but it was really early in my career, and I'd burn the interview. It's just cool that I got a chance to talk to, to John Wooden. See, I have, a, I have a former roommate, one of my best friends in high school, uh, and he is a big Grateful Dead fan and a big Lakers fan, so Bill Walton is his absolute hero. If you ever got <laughs> Bill Walton, I'm sure I'd just send him a text, and he'd just have... Just the, the entire encyclopedia of things to ask Bill Walton. No, Bill, he's just fun, and, and he has his own character, and he's kind of a cartoon, but, I mean, he was a, a great player, wonderful sixth man. It's too bad about his injuries, but, no, the, Bill Walton's got to be on that list, but the, the list we're talking about, Snoop, Bill, and, and Barkley, because Barkley's hilarious, too. Barkley knows his stuff. The, 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 the question I'm having, I want to pose to you, then, is if you're putting together a, a dream commentary team for a college football game, you got a, a color commentator, a, a, a play-by-play guy, and a sideline reporter. Who, who's your top three? Ooh. Who are you putting in there? Uh, from from a play-by-play standpoint, this this is in anyone alive or dead at at the time right now. So we got to go alive, don't we? Then, sure. If, if you if you want to, if you I mean, wanna, if, we're, if we're going greatest of all time, it's Keith Jackson. Keith, I know, I know, and it's it's hard to not put him in a list like this. But if you're just going commentators that are currently in the industry right now, and, and I know Musburger to me is college football. He's incredible. Color guy. Oh man, there's there's a ton of them. I mean, to be to be straight, I mean, I'm drafting Pavelka. Period. I'll, I'll watch the game and listen to him. That's how I grew up. Uh, as far as color analyst, who's my favorite NFL color analyst? I think Aikman's good. Romo? Ro- yeah, yeah, give me Pavelka, give me Romo, and they already got their sideline guy. We'll get Searles on the sideline. Now, what, what, what's your opinion on Gus Johnson? He's one of the, the Gus the is legends. money. Yeah. Gus is awesome. Gus, Joel Klatt's phenomenal, too. Uh, we'll talk to him at Media Days, but... No, I mean, I, I think I think Gus is awesome, but but Gus just needs to dial back the volume a touch. Now, when it's when it's a big time play, he's money. He's on it. Says you know the the, the guy who does high school play by play. See, I'll, I'll, I don't like critique. I mean, and, and Kugler's incredible. So he's totally on on a list as well. I need to go pull up that, that call of, uh, of Gus Johnson with the, uh, the Kenny Bell block. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, yeah, what do you say right after? Something like, uh, if you don't like that, you don't like college football or something like that? Yeah, oh. he, got, he got heated with that, but it's understandable. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com. I have an email from uh, Jim. We were talking over-unders earlier. And this from Jim. Uh, as, as far as over under, I will probably take the over. Uh, there, uh, a there's a, there, there must be some results this year. No excuses. Uh, Jim's email says, "Look, Nebraska needs to u- upset someone they weren't supposed to beat." That said, I'm worried about them losing a game they shouldn't. And the way, and I think Jim's a thousand percent on this. You want to win the West, you got to be seven and two. You can drop a game within your own division, a game, 
and your crossover is very, very important. Uh, listen, you have Wisconsin's crossover we talked about, but they get him in Madison. Nebraska's crossover this year, two of the three obviously are in Lincoln. It's Michigan, doable. It's Ohio State, no thank you. And then the, the timing of your third crossover to, to start kind of the second season of Big Ten play, you start with Illinois on the road, but then you also start at Michigan State after Oklahoma. So 7-2 and two gets it done, log jam at 6-3. and three. You know, the, the thing to circle is if you, if you get six or more, that, uh, that number is pretty big with not having a slip-up game. Right? Do you split with Wisconsin and Iowa? Do you split with, uh, do you go two and one in your crossovers? We'll wind down on Wednesday. It's on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert is with us. Dr. Brandon, how's it going? Man, I am great. How are you guys doing? We are good. Looking good uh, for the uh, the, the weekend. Uh, Going to cool down a bit. Maybe a little golf, a lot of baseball. But you have different types of hand injuries that happen in Major League Baseball, specifically with, with pitchers. And there's been a, a ton of, well, crazy, wacky, weird injuries with uh, – with Major League Baseball, be it uh, Jeff Kent's alleged dog tripping him back in the day where he had a wrist fracture, Sammy Sosa throwing his back out, sneezing, a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. And now we go to Cleveland where pitcher Zach Plezak has injured his thumb. Tell us what a non-displaced fracture of that pitching hand, that right thumb is. What, what, are, we t- what are we dealing with here from a pitching standpoint? Yeah, you know, great, great question on it. Where, where is this thing out of the thumb? So obviously there can be a variety of areas in that thumb where this can be. Um, so if you think about just kind of generic thumb anatomy, so if you go and if you go take your finger, kind of touch the tip of your thumb and follow that all the way down to the base of your thumb. So we'll start basically at the base of the thumb. And that joint at the base of the thumb is called the CMC joint or the carpal metacarpal joint. And that first kind of long bone of the thumb is called the uh, metacarpal. Then you kind of come up to the knuckle area. And then that next bone that's kind of beyond the knuckle area going towards the tip of the thumb, um, it's called kind of the phalanx part. And there's basically kind of two parts of that. There's first segment, second segment. And so it's hard to say where at along this pathway this fracture is. Uh, My assumption would be just kind of based on the description of of how this happened. It's, it's probably more in the phalanx part, so it's probably beyond the knuckle part going towards the tip of the thumb. Um, again, it's some kind of like, you know, violent motion where essentially you kind of think of this as um, you know, a football player who's tackling somebody kind of gets their thumb caught in somebody's jersey mm-hmm. as they're trying to tackle and kind of rips in that direction. It sounded like that was the mechanism here. Um, and then again, yeah, you can get a little crack across the edge of that. It sounds like it's non-displaced, which means it's, it's not out of place. It's the, line, the alignment of this is basically normal, uh, but obviously they see the crack coming across that area. You do have to watch out in the thumb area, um, 
having these kind of non-displaced cracks, if it does go all the way across, even if it's not moved out of place, these things can be unstable. And so there may be an issue here with it is unstable. Either A, they'll have to follow it closely, you know, x-rays every week to make sure it doesn't move, or they just may make the uh, decision to put a couple of pins in it to stabilize it. That's excessive. And please, Zach, got hurt, not fielding, not a comebacker, not throwing too hard, putting too much pressure on that bone when he's gripping the baseball. He fractured his thumb by and I'm quoting, rather aggressively ripping off his shirt. <laughs> do you ever do you ever just, you know, get to the pool and just go Incredible Hulk, Dr. Brandon, and just rip that shirt off and, and go, oops, I, I displaced my, I, I just fractured my thumb? Why not? <laughs> you guys can't, you guys got to like have mittens because your thumbs are valuable too. That's right. That's an significant job hazard. <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing though when you think about the number of you know, we call the you know, metacarpal or hand fracture trauma. Just how many of those occur? We call them anger fracture because what what do you do? You, you're ripping your you're ripping your shirt off aggressively, or you're you know you're punching a wall, or you're punching a floor, or you're upset about a play. And it's it's amazing how many times it happens at all levels. And uh, you know, it, it's it's. I mean, as an athlete, it's, it's easy to. You know, unfortunately, to lose that cool, and then you do that, and those are always very difficult conversations with player coach, player trainer, player parent. Those are tough ones, uh, but they do happen, unfortunately. And again, this, this sounds unfortunate, like that situation. The uh, the trainer's got to be the buffer here because if I'm Prezak, I've got to go to the trainer and say, man, I messed my thumb up. You go talk to Tito. You tell Tito. But in all seriousness. What's this do to a right-handed pitcher? You mentioned worst case here when you got to put a couple pins in potentially, but I mean, how does yeah. it how does it affect your fastball, your your changeup, your curve, your slider, just from a grip standpoint? I mean, I'm 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 thinking it could uh, could delay, you know, having maximum stuff on the hill for you. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. That's that's a great point. And so, even though you know this this is probably going to be a you know pretty quick heal time, you know hopefully it's going to be non-op, and hopefully four weeks out, you'll know, be back kind of getting on the hill. Uh, the issue is though is it's going to be sore. I mean, you have a hand fracture in the area. Um, so trying to do your grip, trying to do your spins, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's going to be impacted for a little while with this. It's, it's going to be different. You're going to have some stiffness in the thumb from being immobilized. Um, this could very easily turn into a you know two month deal before you feel good you know throwing again having your spin having your control uh, that that's a very real possibility. Doctor Brandon, what what's the craziest injury you've come across? Oh boy, that's a tough one, Chris. Are we talking more just kind of just this just kind of freak scenario? freak accident? Like what was this guy doing yeah. and he's now hurt? Yeah, you know, one of the uh, probably the most discouraging one I've seen out there was was a kid, Division One football player, who is six weeks out from his ACL surgery. Right, so big surgery. He's on the path to recovery. He's only six weeks out. He's standing on the sideline, big football game. He gets excited, so he starts jumping up at six weeks out to celebrate a touchdown that was scored, and he re tears his ACL that was just fixed six weeks ago. Mm. So just Terrible. like just celebrating, just not doing yep. anything game related. Yep. Terrible. So he unfortunately needed another surgery. Now, Dr. Brin, have you ever yeah. seen a, a basketball player get poked in the eye and then see three different rims he's trying to shoot it at? Has that ever has that ever been something you've come across? <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe only a certain Lakers player. <laughs> <laughs> Aim for the middle. Aim for the middle. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us. Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking about uh, Cleveland pitcher Zach Plezak uh, on the injured list with a non-displaced fracture to the right thumb. He was ripping his shirt off and busted his thumb. Uh, when it comes to, uh, I, I guess, about a minute here, Dr. Brandon, just the, the, the meantime right now, is he just icing and, and resting and, and taking some anti-inflammatory? Is that kind of the, 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 the best uh, medicine right now for him? Yeah, there's there's no great kind of fast healing treatment on this. It's basically you immobilize it, whether it's split, cast, you're immobilizing that area, give those bones a chance to heal without trying to do, introduce any micro motion to try to get them to heal as fast as you can. But it, it literally is just kind of a sit and wait, unfortunate kind of process. Dr. Brandon Seifert with his Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. And uh, thumb injury is uh, detrimental to pitchers. Last thought here, about 15 seconds. What's the, the timeline here? Uh, if he doesn't need pins, when can he be back? It's four to six weeks? Yeah, I think so. I think I think six, probably more six to eight weeks, more of a safe bet. Mm. Um, yeah, just in terms of, you know, but they probably won't take the immobilization off until about four weeks. So he probably doesn't really start throwing until that point. So I bet probably six or eight weeks. Dr. Brandon, we'll get caught up again. Thanks for a few minutes today. Sounds great, Chris. You guys take care. Good stuff from Dr. Brandon. Uh, really enjoy the Brandon Kinney discussion. Uh, Nebraska's wide receiver room. Bill Bender, Sporting News, got us going uh, earlier today. Loaded up tomorrow on Hale Varsity Radio. We'll get you that guest lineup on the way. Hale Varsity Radio, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, big thanks to Bill Bender, Brandon Ketty, and uh, for joining us, Mike Schuhart. Good stories from the PGA. Tomorrow, Gary Barnett scheduled. We'll uh, run down Lars Anderson. He just finished his book with Bruce Arians, A Season in the Sun. The uh, title run for Tampa with Brady and company, Levante and Sue. So we'll talk to Lars about his new book coming out. Brandon Vogel with us in the Pride of Chicago. Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets, pick his brain on some NBA postseason action. Reminder about buckling up. And there's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Driving drunk, buzzed or high, never acceptable. Law enforcement officers are working every day to stop it before it becomes uh, something that affects you. People are killed or injured because of drunk driving. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you do drink, designate a sober driver or get a ride share. A DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, you are uh, done with the bachelor party weekend. Now you're getting ready and geared up for the wedding weekend for your brother. Yeah, now I've just been sitting on YouTube uh, watching as many best man speeches as I can, trying to trying to make sure mine is uh, is up, up to snuff. Uh, it's got don't, an A1. Don't over-think like, it. 
and uh, nail it from the heart. I don't know how close you and your bro are. I imagine pretty close. We shared a room for the first 16 years of my life. So you, ooh, 16. Yeah, uh, he graduated high school, and he very unceremoniously moved down the hall into the guest bedroom uh, as his moving out. So we, we shared a room until he graduated high school, essentially. So, And this wasn't because like we didn't have the room in our house. Like We had a guest room like, guys, my entire life growing up, and but, nobody ever used the guest room. Did, did you, uh, you know... Did the bunk beds collapse? Did you try and go stepbrothers with them and, and for more room for activities or, or, or what? Well, like uh, growing up like young, like before I age like 10, mm-hmm. it, was, it was bunk beds. Um, but my then brother a- and I had bunk beds too. But then after that, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a big guy. I reached a point where like my feet were hanging off the end of the bunk bed and I had to get a bigger bed and all that. So you, you move. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, uh, that's coming up. Um, he did. I'm not sure if I told you this. Very late in this process, he texted me. He's like, hey, I realized I forgot to run this past you. Uh, could you MC the reception? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess. But like, what, don't you what, have what, a wedding DJ to do that? Yeah, I was like, what's in it for me? Like, I feel like most uh, most MCs get paid. And I feel like you're doing this because you don't want to pay me. <laughs> hey, by the way, so I uh, do have a heads up from our media partner, 1011 Weather Center. Tornado warning issued for Rollins, Decatur, Hitchcock, Red Willow counties uh, till six tonight and uh, you got some nasty nasty weather out west yeah, and i saw this from uh, from reed timmer from the the so- show storm chasers mm-hmm. back in the day if you remember that uh he posted a photo of a large tornado north of binkelman nebraska down in the southwest corner yeah so uh mccook usa it's where uh, grandma and grandpa were from and uh yeah it, it is not good southwest you're in potential activity after midnight here in, in, in Lincoln and if you're in central Nebraska or up uh, up in the northeast where you hear Hail Varsity Radio, uh, be cautious and careful tonight. Back at you tomorrow at 4 with Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.